Hello, everybody. My name is Ramsey Yassel. I'm the founder of The Land Site, and welcome to our latest one-on-one. I'm joined today uh, by Raphael Bengio, who's the head of lending at MT Finance. So, hello, Raphael. Welcome. Hi, Ramsey. Thank you very much for having me. Good. Nice to see you. Tell us a little bit about MT Finance. Um, so we are a specialist lender, um, been going the best part of about 15 years now. Um, in, originally, we started out just as an unregulated bridging lender. Um, but so far over the years, our product offering has grown and grown. So we now offer unregulated bridging as well as regulated bridging and that which has grown quite considerably over the last couple of years and then also around 18 to about two years ago 18 months to two years ago we launched our buy to let team as well so we now offer uh, specialist buy to let products as well alongside our bridging offering so we're a specialist lender within the specialist space i would say but always looking to improve always looking to bring out new sort of products to the market good excellent uh, Raphael, tell us a bit, how does bridging finance support landlords and property investors uh, generally? Yeah, I mean, so I think bridging finance has a massive part to play and it, it could be a very useful tool to landlords and property investors. Um, largely speaking, I think the main thing that it sort of attracts it to, um, to property investors is the speed at which bridging can move. Um, we have cases that sometimes can come from initial inquiry through to completion in a matter of days. Um, weeks maybe at best, whereas obviously we all know that in the in the mortgage world, um, nothing really moves that quickly. Um, and even your basic, um, very straightforward purchase of a buy-to-let can take you a couple of months with a high street lender. So we offer that speed that we can move extremely quickly. Um, we add a lot of auction finance, obviously, which is time constraint. Um, but obviously, largely, we offer the flexibility, I think, that landlords need nowadays in this market. Um, so we always pride ourselves on being flexible in, in many different areas. One, in our products. So we try and offer a multitude of products that sort of gives landlords and investors the flexibility they need, they need from a product point of view. Um, one thing that's always been very important to me is that we stay flexible in our underwriting. So whether it's a bridging loan or even a buy-to-let loan, we always try to find a way to make the deal work. Um, we always try to sort of take exceptions where possible and try and look at the the case holistically. Um, and then largely also we provide sort of different repayment options for a client. So we have clients that somehow sometimes want their interest fully retained. Sometimes they want to service the full term of the loan or sometimes we can either offer them um, for example, if it's a 12-month term, we can offer them 12 months, six months retained, six months serviced. So it does give them, again, that flexibility for their cash flow. And ultimately, it's the certainty of funds. Um, we've built a reputation in the industry for the last 15 years that when we say we're going to do something, we do it. And we've got the funds here available. Um, and essentially, any land or investor that is looking to purchase something or looking to move quickly needs that certainty that their funder, their lender sort of, um, will say what they're going to do when they say they're going to do it, essentially. Yeah, so it's very interesting. So some of the viewers watching this will be probably familiar with what actually bridging finance is. Could For those who are perhaps new to uh, property development and investment, can you just describe just briefly what a bridging loan is as opposed to a development loan or, or any other type of commercial finance? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so essentially, a bridging loan, quite simply, is um, a short-term 
loan for a fixed period uh, secured against your property. So secured against an asset you own. So um, it's essentially, it's called a bridging loan, essentially to bridge the gap between when you're able to repay the loan. So a lot of the time, um, br bridging is used to, to chain break. So for example, if you've seen a new investment property and you need to move very quickly in order to make sure that you get that purchase and you don't lose it to another bidder, you might get a bridging loan that will help you complete on the purchase, buy the asset, buy the maybe semi-commercial building. Um, so you can secure it quickly, you own it, and then you've got 12-month term to sort out a commercial refinance to repay the bridging loan. So it gives you certainty of funds. It gives you the speed that you can move quickly. Um, you can almost go into an auction, into a purchase as a cash buyer because you know that, that you've got that certainty behind you. And then it gives you that breathing space of time to sort out that refinance and that exit within the term of the loan. So it can be a very useful tool for landlords and investors. Yeah, good. Interesting. How is, how is bridging finance going to stay relevant in 24, do you think? Well, I think, I mean, 2023 was obviously, uh, I think, a challenging, tricky year for everyone. Um, the ups and downs in the mortgage market and the lack of certainty, well, the lack of certainty, the lot of uncertainty in the market. Um, but I think I think nowadays the way that we we're going to stay relevant this year, um, looking at it from an investor point of view is is almost portfolio diversification. So we see a lot of investors nowadays and a lot of landlords that are looking to sort of purchase higher yielding products, be it HMOs, multi-unit freehold blocks, even holiday lets, I would say. Um, I would say that maybe demand has kind of dwindled a bit for your standard, bog-standard buy-to-let uh, buy property. And I think investors are looking for those higher yielding products, um, higher yielding properties to sort of get that return that they need seeing as cost of funding has gone up. So bridging finance can help us solve all of those things. We do a lot of multi-unit blocks, a lot of HMOs, um, and where sort of your credit and your risk appetite is some somewhat tighter from banks and um, high street lenders, bridging finance lenders offer you that flexibility with regards to credit appetite and credit risk to lend on these slightly quirkier properties, but that investors are looking at in order to give them that return they need. So um yeah. it, again like i said it's i think it's an especially useful tool that investors can use if they have to move quickly if there's a slightly quirky asset that they need to sort of get their hands on maybe get planning on so it gives them that again that flexibility that they can move quickly as well yeah good interesting what, what, what's the what, how would you describe the typical investor or developer um, builder who takes out bridging finance and, and, and how it how it benefits them, uh, Raphael? The truth is, is that we find that um, across the regulated and unregulated space, unregulated the kind of person taking out a bridging loan varies massively, which has just shown, I think, the popularity in bridging finance over the last five to 10 years. It's grown a lot more of a mainstream product. Um, specifically from an investor point of view, I mean, every month we do some analysis ourselves and call it bridging trends on who is taking out bridging finance so a lot a lot of it um we compare quarter by quarter and still the main use of bridging loans that we've taken out is for chain breaks essentially for people looking to move quickly on a purchase um for want of the risk of losing that purchase so they move quickly in order to buy that with a bridging loan like i said earlier they may get longer term refinance to pay us back within the term of the loan but also Right behind that was, again, investment purchase and auction purchase. So, again, we see that bridging finance is used time and time again by investors and landlords. 
definitely in the auction space where sometimes you've got 30 days to, to complete. So again, that bridging finance gives you that certainty that all being well, there should be no reason why a bridge can't complete within that time, even with evaluation. Um, so again, it's investment purchase, auction purchases, chain breaks. Um, over the last sort of 12 months, we've seen a lot, a lot of that. And I think that will continue. Um, the, the other thing that we're seeing recently a lot is again is refinances so whether buy to lets are coming to an end or whether rates have gone up where they're no longer affordable a landlord can take out a bridge for 12 to 18 months on the property with interest fully retained so they've got no headaches of having to service that debt monthly and it gives them that breathing space for another 12 to 18 months to decide what they want to do with the asset either sell it refinance it on possibly once interest rates come down a bit so it gives them again that flexibility and that that breathing space yeah, interesting. And you, you mentioned in there several times chain breaks. Um, I guess it's pretty useful for that, isn't it? Where there's a whole chain, um, you know, the developer may have been trying to get rid of a property or sell a property in order to make that next purchase. And I expect that chain break is is, is quite relevant now, isn't it? In, in yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think especially in this market and especially as I think property prices softened a little bit over 2023, especially towards the back end that I think, investors who are looking to take advantage of that looking to see a good deal um a good asking price want to move quickly and they don't want to lose the asset so again bridging can be extremely useful for them yeah yeah i i, I can imagine that actually it's uh that, that's i would think that's quite a useful aspect as well as the auction i mean that that's uh that's got to be very useful someone's got portfolio properties can then get into an auction and and, and uh, exactly make that bid and uh and, and move forward yeah, what we it. find is they usually come to us before they even go to the auction to say, listen, I'm looking at this property. This is round about how much I want to spend on it and the asking price. And they get some indicative terms for us. So they're almost going to the auction fully loaded with how much they know they can borrow. So if they buy it for within their asking price, they almost no guarantee that they can get the loan all being well. So they're coming prepared to these auctions with some indicative terms from a respectable bridging lender. It gives them that bit more ammo they know full well what they can and can't do. Yeah, good. Brilliant. So, Raphael, what, what's the outlook for, for 2024 for Bridging Finance? How are you uh, how are you projecting out of the, this year and perhaps into next year? So I think, uh, I mean, if only I had a crystal ball to see where bank and base rates and inflation and all of that is going to go. Um, I think the way we are looking at it from MT Finance is that we always want to stay ahead wherever we can so we always have to keep one foot forward and adapt and evolve with the market as it goes throughout the year the way i see it is that with interest rates still not settling and people not knowing when they're going to come down or where they're going to eventually try and settle at i think bridging finance is going to stay more and more prevalent and will be um like i said extremely useful for investors in this kind of market so just to go over what we said, it gives them that certainty of funds, the speed to move quickly. It, it gives them breathing space of time so that, I mean, the, I think the anticipation of most people is that interest rates should start coming down at some point this year, but no one really knows when. But you might be able to get a, a, a much better deal on your fixed term product in 12 months time than you would do now. So again, I think over 2024, bridging is going to say extremely useful and prevalent within the market. Mm. Um, and especially in the investor space and the landlords that are looking to either refinance their portfolios or add to them via auctions or investments, this year 
bridging finance can be extremely helpful to them to sort of help them achieve that and then give them the breathing space that in six to 12 months time, they can get a much cheaper fixed term product, which will be much beneficial for them. So I think overall it will stay popular. And I think um, it's already becoming more and more mainstream. And I think investors are switching on to how, how useful bridging finance could be for them and their sort of financial position. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Well, thank you very much. That's, that's been very interesting. It's a it's a really important subject for um, investors and developers. It's, it's 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 critical for for most is getting that financing right and the different options that are out there. So, absolutely, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for. Uh, no, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's been 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 interesting, and thank you for 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 letting our viewers know more about bridging finance and and empty finance. So, thank you very much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you and speak to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Raphael. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.